portion of God's Word that we will focus our attention on this Palm Sunday comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you doing this, tell him the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything. But since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the word of our God. Please be seated. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The everlasting church service. It's everyone's favorite picture of heaven, right? The service of praise and worship that never, ever ends. Talk to a little child about heaven and try to explain it to them that way and watch their face. Can barely make it through a week, an hour a week, a couple times a month. And and now we're going to say that heaven is eternal praise of God forever and ever and ever. And I take it one step further. Start to tell your kids that all their favorite things in life won't be in heaven because all their favorite things are going to break or spoil or end up in a landfill. You ever think about where your favorite stuff as a kid is right now? I was thinking about that this week, getting ready for this sermon. My Super Nintendo is probably at the bottom of a landfill somewhere in southeastern Wisconsin, and I could list off about 10 other things that I really enjoyed that are probably also in a landfill. And it doesn't matter how new our children's toys are. It doesn't matter how much money they cost. You might have gotten the latest, greatest, favoritest thing ever for Christmas, but in a matter of time, it'll break. Things that break aren't in heaven. Things that have an expiration date aren't in heaven. Nothing in heaven will break. Nothing will spoil. Nothing will fade. Heaven will be eternal praise, eternal worship, of our King. And if that sounds dull to you, then today's your lucky day because today we get to review what it really means to praise the Lord, what it really means to worship Him, why He's worthy of unending praise. And we learned that lesson as we look at the hands of those who praised Him on Palm Sunday. Let's start with the hands of the disciples who went and did what Jesus said and brought this colt back to Jesus. I looked back at some old sermons that I preached on Palm Sunday over the last decade or so, 
And a couple of them, I spent a lot of time talking about this. You, you could spend a whole sermon just on this strange thing. Is, is this Jesus using his omniscience and just knowing what was going to happen? Or had he kind of snuck down to the village and arranged this ahead of time and he just didn't tell his disciples? What's going on? There's a lot of questions that are raised. Jesus basically tells them to just walk into a city and to take a colt and walk away with it and they'll let you go with it. What's, what's going on with this? You'd think maybe the disciples would have had all sorts of questions, maybe some concerns. What do they do? Exactly what Jesus says, right? They just trust him. They listen to his words. They go where he tells them to go. They say what he tells them to say. And the hands of the people who probably owned the cult as well, they just let it go. Hands of praise seen in these hands of unquestioning obedience. You know, sometimes I think that this picture of the eternal church service in heaven comes from perhaps a misunderstanding of what worship and praise is. You, you think that you need to be sitting in these pews to worship and praise your God? No. In fact, a vast majority of the praise that our God receives never happens inside a church building. All the praise that Jesus receives on Palm Sunday did not take place in a church building. They're not in the synagogue. They're not at the temple. You see Jesus being praised as people obey him unquestioningly, as they do exactly what he says, listening to his word, taking it seriously, doing exactly what he says, saying exactly what he told them to say. That's praise. Then you see the, the, the red carpet, so to speak, just rolled out for Jesus. Or should we say a, a multicolored carpet of, of green branches and cloaks of many colors laid out in front of our Savior Jesus. I'm not much for the entertainment industry. I'm not much for the, the red carpet events of today. I'm not turning it on to, to watch and, and see the stars walking along the red carpet, but just use that picture for an example. Where's the focus? Is it on the people who rolled out the carpet? Is it on the people taking the pictures or the people with the microphones? No. The focus can be identified very quickly. Just look at where the cameras are pointing. Look at who has the microphone stuck in their face. Look who's walking on the red carpet. That's where the focus is, right? Where's the focus on Palm Sunday? It's 100% on Jesus. It's not on the people in the crowd. It's, it's not on the branches. It's not on the cloaks. It's not on the carpet, right? It's on Jesus, 100%. So unquestioning obedience, listening to God's word, doing what it says, saying what it says, 100% focused on Jesus, How's your life of worship and praise going as we enter Holy Week 2021? There's a lot of different ways we could go with this part of the sermon. But let's just talk about some things that are pretty common in our world the last few months. As you know, there's a lot of causes, a lot of causes in our world today. And just about every cause has a month now. Right? 
In February, it was Black History Month. Now it's Women's Month, Women's History Month. And as you look at headlines in the news, you'll often notice that the headlines in a given month will tend to reflect the cause of the, of the month. Now, as we've just come through almost two of these cause-based months, I want you to just think for a minute about the foundation on which these causes are built and compare them to the foundation upon which we stand. You've heard three portions of God's word today. Well, four if we count the psalm, right? Four portions of God's word today. In the first one, the prophecy from Zechariah. Who's the king of of the Jews for? Just the Jews, right? No. All nations, right? The, The whole world. He will proclaim peace to the nations, There's no mention of gender. There's no mention of male and female. There's no mention of skin color, facial appearance, language of origin, that the set of borders in which you were born, none of that. The king riding into Jerusalem is for all. And as we heard the Apostle Paul encouraging us to live as Christians in Philippians, what did we hear? That at the name of Jesus, how many knees should bow? Just Just the elites? just a few? No, that every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Who's Jesus for? Every knee and every tongue. Again, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what you look like. None of that matters. Jesus is for all. Do Christians care about injustice? Do do we care when there's injustice based on the color of skin? Or based on gender? Do, Do Christians care when someone is mistreated because of the way they look, or because of the way they speak, or because of their anatomy, or because of the color of their skin? Do we care about those things? You better believe we do. What's the foundation? What's the foundation for the cause? Where do we stand? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock. Jesus is the rock on which we stand. His words are the words that motivate the cause. His words are the words that make us care about humanity, no matter who they are or where they're from or what they look like. Compare those words, the words of our God, to the foundation of the causes that we see in our world today. Are they they the same? Are they similar? Are they different? You tell me. I, I think there's quite a few differences, aren't there? When those differences become clear, when the motivation is clearly to divide in new ways or to label Christians as misogynists or bigots, do you defend the words of God? Do you clarify? Do you teach? Do you lovingly show that those accusations could not be farther from the truth or do you just clam up and 
Let it roll. Are you 100% focused on Jesus? Are you unquestioningly obedient to what the word of God says? Do you open your mouth and say exactly what Jesus said? Or do you lose your focus like me from time to time? I could go on and on. How many ways can we lose our focus this week? Just a few. Got some plans for Easter coming up? There's probably some details to your day. Got to be here at this time, got to be here at that time, to mask or not to mask, how many people, not so many people, what are we eating, where are we going to go? There's all sorts of things that could take your attention off of the word of God, off of Jesus this holy week. Are you prepared to praise him? Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter, every day. Our failures to praise our God here in this life are stark. They are clear as day. And so during Lent, during Holy Week, our focus is rightly placed on Jesus. Lent is all about Jesus. Holy Week is all about Jesus. This week, our focus is going to be on Jesus. But do you know what the cool thing is? Flip the perspective for a minute. Can you just for a minute try to put yourself in Jesus' shoes? Where's his focus during Lent? Where's his focus during Holy Week? It's on you. It's on the world. Jesus is perfectly focused on humanity. Sinful though we are, faulty foundations though we often stand upon, Jesus is focused on you. He's focused on the nations. He's focused on every knee and every tongue. It doesn't matter where they were born. It doesn't matter what they sound like when they talk. It doesn't matter what their face looks like or what color their skin is. It doesn't matter if they're born male, female, or or maybe unsure. None of that matters. Jesus is not looking at people and how they could be categorized. Jesus is looking at people, period. Sinners. Everyone. You and me. The world perfectly focused on us. As he sends the two disciples into the neighboring village to get the colt. Why? Because he's about to fulfill scripture for you. So that you can open up on a Palm Sunday or any day to Zechariah chapter 9 and you can hear, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you. Righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. There he is, brothers and sisters, riding in for you. Focused on you. As he sits on those cloaks, laid on top of the donkey, as the donkey walks across the the, the multicolored carpet, there he is, riding to the cross, focused on you. We hear the crowds and we we join them. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus has come. He's come for you. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest. Catechism students have reviewed this recently. You've all learned this before. God's kingdom comes when God's word is preached, 
when his sacraments are administered, God's kingdom comes when the Holy Spirit works through his word in your hearts. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The kingdom of David is coming right now as you spend time in God's word, as you remember your baptism. God's kingdom comes to you. Monday, Thursday, we will gather here again to see Jesus do what? To teach and to establish his supper. Where's his focus? It's on you. People who would live 2,000 years after him and would gather regularly to eat his flesh and drink his blood for the forgiveness of all of our sins. Good Friday, not gathering for a funeral, but an austere celebration of the Son of God laying down his life for the sins of the whole world. For you. And then gathering here again to celebrate the high point of the year, the resurrection of our Savior from the dead. His resurrection for you, for your not guilty verdict, assuring you that death is not the end. Your loved ones who died in faith, who are now celebrating the salvation that Jesus won for them, praising him constantly in heaven, you're going to see them again. You're going to be with them again. Body and soul for all eternity as Jesus uses his power over death to raise you and all the dead. This week, we gather to hear the word of our God. We gather to listen to him speak. To go home, to speak his word to those in our own homes. To speak his word to those who we have a unique ability to touch. We focus our attention on the one who focused on us. You see, it's his focus on you throughout his life. His focus on you that we're about to witness again this Holy Week that makes him worthy of your perfect focus for all eternity. So what are we going to do in heaven? Forever and ever and ever and ever. We will worship and praise the one who focused on us to rescue us from sin, death, and hell, to bring us to paradise for all eternity. That's what we will do. Lord's blessings to you all this holy week. Amen.